Welcome to the From the STEM Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Hello, and welcome back to the 24th episode of the From the Stem Up podcast. It's already 2021, and I'm sure we all have new goals and new aspirations for this next year. So I'm really excited for this next guest because he's an expert on maximizing your brain potential and productivity, which is going to really help us for this next semester of this school year. So welcome, Matthew. How are you doing today? Hey, it's going awesome. Good to be able to talk to you on here. Definitely. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? 100%. So for those of you guys meeting me for the first time, my name is Matthew Spinoza. Um, and as Adriana mentioned, I am from Canada. And it's great to be able to see some Canadian representatives. I have a lot of friends from around the world. And I've been interviewed in multiple podcasts talking about my accelerated learning methods, uh, study methods and productivity tips uh, that has allowed me to accelerate my career and my studies and even my business um, side hobbies as well, which is something we get into a little bit later. Um, but I'm really excited to be able to share those techniques that have been able to get students, uh, which an area which they couldn't believe that, you know, they had this limiting mindset that they're not smart or they can reach a certain potential. And it's not necessarily that they're at a bad place, but is that school doesn't teach you these techniques. It doesn't teach you about memory. It doesn't teach you about studying efficiently. Um, it teaches you the what. It doesn't teach you the how. And so I think that's so, so important to be able to dive into and really, um, like I say, maximize your potential. Definitely. I am just looking through your Instagram page right now, and your bio just says helping students maximize their learning potential. And I think that is a great point you brought up there where we don't learn those kind of things in school. Like we're put into the system and we're forced to learn how to study ourselves, but sometimes we never really find the technique that works for us. So I hope you guys get some insight on how you want to study. Uh, I know a lot of you guys had uh, midterms or exams right now. So maybe you can improve your studying techniques and study smarter with Matthew's tips. Before we begin, I'm just going to ask you the staple question, what does STEM mean to you? 100%. Um, for me, I, when I think about STEM, I always think about um, high school and I think about that group of people, I kind of the STEM club that I was a part of. And I feel that STEM is very much a community. It's not an individual um, identity. It's more of a community of people working together towards a common cause, in which case, you know, science, technology, that's mathematics, it's engineering. Um, of course, the acronym behind STEM, but I think it's so much deeper than just uh, words on a page. To me, it's, it's a group of people working towards a common cause, which is obviously um, evolving the human species. For sure. I like how you said that community of people, because a lot of people associate it with school and that's really what I'm trying to diverge away from with this podcast, because I think STEM is just like a tool that we can use to accelerate and innovate cool projects. Um, and we're going to talk about one that you are working on that has to do with neuroscience. So I think you are studying neuroscience uh, and you're passionate about neuroscience. So what or who sparked your interest for learning about the brain and why? Yeah, exactly. You know what, Adriana, it's, it's been a very deep passion of mine. Um, ever since I was little, I was always interested in ways to, to learn things quicker and to, like I said, maximize what you have. And I think um, the first step was kind of breaking the limiting beliefs that things weren't possible. And since then, I've kind of done challenges where I learn languages 
in 30 days uh, where I do, uh, I learned one of the most difficult piano songs um, in uh, only like a week. I'm just using a couple of techniques, interviewing the people that are the masters of these and really finding and delving into those secrets that, you know, we don't often hear about. And I think, like I said, it kind of goes back to studying that we aren't taught these ideas, but if we're taught these ideas, if we had a secret nugget, you had a secret uh, bridge to be able to cross, um, it's not necessarily that we're lost, it's that we, we haven't found it yet and people haven't taught us that. And so that neuroscience for me, it's really maximizing and finding ways that we can use our learning, we use our brain, different components of our brain to be able to extract those ideas and actually use them um, to be able to learn faster and gain information and read information a lot faster than what we thought was possible. Yeah, optimizing the brain is definitely an enigma that we've been dealing with since prehistoric times. We're always trying to do everything more efficiently, um, but I think instead of trying to make the products we, we use daily efficiently, why not try to work on our actual brains? And it's really crazy. Um, I've had a lot of guests that were also passionate about neuroscience, and we always mention that the brain is so undiscovered and it's so fascinating that, I don't know, it's just amazing how much we don't know about it. Uh, and it's awesome that you are taking the steps to go in that field and share the unknown. So um, I'm, I'm really excited where the field will go in 10 years. It's, it's really awesome. 100%, I definitely agree. So uh, on the topic of your passion for neuroscience, uh, what is your dream career profession? Is it going to be very similar to what you're studying right now or? Yeah, for sure. I think there is a lot of potential to be able to combine neuroscience because it is such a vast field with different fields as well. So right now I'm kind of shooting for something that can, something business neuroscience related, um, even medical neuroscience related. And I think it's a combo of two ideas together um, that can really spark a whole bunch of new innovations, a whole bunch of new products, a whole bunch of new ideas that haven't really been explored before. So that's, I'm not necessarily trying to go for a neuro neuroscience path. I'm really trying to expand uh, for the people that I know and for the ideas that I've been able to recognize and trying to combine these ideas together to create something that is new and is exciting. For sure, yeah. And you've been with the cool, mysterious thing that he's, that he's been doing that we're not mentioning, but we're going to mention after the break. You're really bringing it to a more educational perspective and, and entrepreneurial perspective. That's awesome. And I really am excited for what you're going to share with us after the break, I think people, people like you that are creators and um, innovators are really going to make a big mark in the field. Um, I, even as an aspiring engineer, like I think even though I'm going to get an engineering degree, like I really want to pursue some sort of entrepreneurial venture or start my own thing um, on the side and just use the skills I got for my undergraduate degree to help me along the way, but not really be the end all be all right that's powerful yeah so with that we're just going to hop on to the break and i'll in the break i'm just going to let you guys know some cool things that are new for this podcast so i'm pretty excited to share that with you hey this week's episode is brought to you by the accelerated learner academy it's a course for students and lifelong learners to go from continued failure to top marks and success it's a four-week life program where you will be learning directly from Matthew Espinoza and his team on how to maximize your brain and be more productive for this next school year. In fact, I'll be joining Matt and the others in version two of this course as an advisor in the program. I took the accelerated reading course and increased my reading speed from around 200 words per minute to 600 words per minute.
minute, which is awesome. So version two is going to be released on January 15th. So if you want to get to know me better and join the Academy, be sure to check out the link in the bio for the full Academy details. All right, to the next part of the episode. All right, I hope you enjoyed the break. So for this next part, we're going to be talking about the awesome things that Matthew's doing. So let's just start out with your company or organization, Brain Companion. Um, so what is it? Why did you start it? And where do you think it's going to go in the future? 100%. Um, so Brain Companion is really an organization, a company, uh, not been able to grow so quickly, um, that it started in April. Um, the COVID situation that had a lot of the time to be able to work on a project. And since then, we have around 23 employees um, that are doing anything from social media to outreach. Uh, I've been able to get on podcasts that are great like these and be able to share my formulas and my ideas of learning. Um, and I can definitely see from where we're at right now, we recently launched our academy, which is the Accelerated Learning Academy, helping students get from you know, whatever they may be, either a top student that's working so long that they really can't handle it anymore, or someone who's getting um, just not acceptable grades and getting them up to a level that they can be proud of. So anywhere across that spectrum, we're getting them and using proven techniques and formulas uh, to be able to get them into that area. Uh, we've recently been able to work with people with autism and use these same ideas, these same learning methods that, that I developed that's been used across a couple of schools in Canada recently and be able to get them to a level where they're comfortable, where they're reading faster, where they're studying more efficiently, and most importantly, where they're able to learn concepts in which they believed they couldn't originally uh, learn. For sure, like at my schools, um, specifically, I don't know if it's for every school, they always told us, you, you better read the textbook, you better do all the homework, you better take notes, but really that's not how everyone learns and everyone has different capabilities, everyone has different uh, attitudes, um, and it's really standardized how school taught us to learn material. And some teachers only provide uh, presentations. Some teachers only provide worksheets. And for people that learn differently, um, like kinesthetically or visually, that, that might be the determining factor of whether or not they get good grades. And I really like how you brought up um, that, that, that you're helping people um, learn, especially those with autism. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of new schools um, that are open to specifically autistic people because they are super smart in various areas and uh, they have their unique learning style. So yeah, you can definitely talk about that um, and elaborate on that later on. Um, but I'm just going to focus on the YouTube channel right now. So I know Brain Companion has a YouTube channel. So, so what are your tips for starting a YouTube channel and what is your kind of routine for uploading videos and, and, and whatnot? 100%. Um, so I definitely recommend once you get that motivation, anything, whether it's you know, doing an essay or whether you have the motivation to do homework, um, you're not always going to have motivation to be able to do kind of big projects, big tasks. So the second you get it, I always recommend just jotting as many ideas as you have possible because you are really in the zone. Um, so when I had the spark motivation to actually start the YouTube channel, something I've always kind of had in the back of my mind, I wrote down everything I would have wanted in a YouTube channel that I really I couldn't find. I wrote everything down. And I, more than that, I knew that these topics, not only do I pretty familiar with, um, that if not, then I can interview the experts, that I have the connections to be able to interview these great individuals. And since then, I've been able to interview people like the four-time U.S. memory champion 
and be able to learn, you know, things about memory that even I didn't know about to begin with. So I think there's a lot of powerful techniques, especially when starting a YouTube channel. Um, if you're going to do it for the money, I wouldn't necessarily go that route because it is going to take a little while. Um, but I think the best part about a YouTube channel is really expressing yourself. What I really enjoy, and you know, every social media platform has a different medium, but what I really enjoy about the YouTube in general is just the idea that you can pretty much uh, speak what you uh, what you're really passionate about, um, and then you know, keeping in mind the audience retention and YouTube analytics, and of course the tags and the description. There's really a lot that goes down in the YouTube channel, really behind the scenes, uh, more than just simply audience retention. But really keeping in mind that you have an audience. Um, I often recommend going from a topic that is, you know, a bit more popular than just vlogs. Uh, vlogs are very difficult, I find, especially on YouTube, just because they, um, they're very personalized. And if you can make it more like how, like how to learn or like productivity tips, um, people go on YouTube mostly for entertainment. So if you could provide to them like how-to videos, those often do really, really well and are a great starting point. And then once people recognize you a bit more, um, then you can kind of go into the vlogs and have that as an option as well. Yeah, like I think for maybe starting middle school, I really grew up with YouTube. I, I, I followed a lot of people that I've never met in person. Um, and it's been really great, even uh, educationally as well. Like when I'm stuck in a math problem, I need YouTube. <laughs> um, but I like I find that YouTube is super, it's just a creative outlet. So whatever you do, whether it be a podcast, um, YouTube, whether it be, I don't know, I can't, I can't think of any more, whatever the case, it, it's, it's really a place where you can do whatever you want. And I agree with you, Matthew, that like, you're not going to get money super fast unless you go viral, but that's really rare. Um, me, I started this with, a just mission of improving my own communication, but also meeting new people because I was super lonely during quarantine. Uh, and then also just giving other people a voice and learning new things about STEM and then creating a positive mindset surrounding that. So what I did was I created a mind map and I put like the name in the middle. So at the time it wasn't from the STEM up, but it was just like STEM podcast. And then I put four different sections. So I was like, interviews i'm going to do um giveaways special features and things like that and then from there i kind of did little subsections and so i just have this big you know mind planning mind map thing and um, and then that kind of amalgamated into the podcast it is today but really the process whether you're a vlogger or a podcaster what you want to create should be from your passion and your heart uh, and not what really other people are doing trying to make it unique to yourself because people follow you not what you're doing basically I'm not really sure if that came out the right way but yeah um so that's really cool that you're starting a youtube channel and it's and it's growing really fast i did watch some of your uh youtube videos and they're very well edited like what do you use to edit those those uh videos yeah, I use a Final Cut Pro, which I like kind of calling the iMovie Plus. Uh, it's, it's really much iMovie, except that you have a couple extra features. So it's kind of thinking like a pro, pro version of iMovie, if that ever existed. Um, but no, Final Cut Pro is really, really amazing. Um, I definitely recommend it. So what I did is like a 30-day trial, kind of tested it out and see if it was for me. And it was definitely for me. Um, and then I've been playing around with that ever since. 
for sure. So yeah, Brain Companion uh, has the YouTube channel and it also has the social medias. So let's dive into kind of the aspects of accelerated learning and really what Brain Companion is trying to bring forward to people like me and, and students and people that want to learn faster, basically everyone in the world. Everyone wants to learn faster. And I think that's a super cool topic and it's a unique one. It's just really fascinating. How about let's just think of a scenario. So um, say, say me, grade 12, and I have a bunch of things to do. I have to keep up a podcast, do schoolwork. I have to maintain good grades. Um, I have to maintain a social life as well connect with my followers and pursue passion, um, passion projects. So what do you think are some good tips for time management? 100%. So, um, so the first thing, there's really two main things for productivity that I always recommend, especially in your position. And I'm often in the same position. I, I run a business. I'm a part of a couple of startups that I have to keep uh, managing. I have to, you know, manage my stock portfolio, uh, manage my team members, obviously school work. Um, so there's a lot that I often do in a day. Uh, but I find that batching is super, super important. So especially when I was doing my YouTube videos and even my Instagram short snippets that I do here and there, I literally record around 10, uh, really 10 videos for the Instagram and like around two to three videos in just one sitting. Um, you have no idea how much uh, time that often saves, but really it can be applied to really anything. So often when I'm going to do homework, um, this is idea of focus mode. So focus mode is um, this idea where you're in the state of maximum productivity. So the only difference between someone who studies four hours um, and then they have constant notifications on their phone and someone who studies the same four hours, uh, but they have no notifications and they're really in this zone mode. I don't know if you've ever been in that area, Adriana. Sometimes when you're reading a book, you're, you're completely immersed in a book. And if someone like talks to you, you kind of get like, like what, what just happened, right? Because you're so, so into the zone. And if you can really apply that to when you're reading or when you're you know, doing an assignment for school, um, that's when you're going to be able to get two times as much done as you normally would, um, which often the biggest thing is distractions like notifications on your phone. The second you get a notification, like, like just the same way someone would talk to you, uh, the second when you're reading, you get out of the zone. And to be able to get back into the zone takes around 30 to 45 minutes, which is absolutely insane. So if you really think of it that way, when someone is studying the same four hours, and you're often wondering why they're able to do it so much quicker than you are. It's often because they have no notifications uh, that are popping that constantly distracting them. And then while it takes you uh, 30, and you're maybe never going to be able to enter focus mode because it takes 30 minutes. So let's say every 30 minutes you get one notification. You're never going to be able to get two times as much work done. So the person who did four hours of studying or four hours of assignments and work actually got eight hours of work actually finished by the end of it, well, you are only able to get the normal four hours and four hours output. So you can really see how that kind of multiplies over time, like four hours is going to give you eight hours. Um, and that gives you so much more advantage. And those four hours are so precious to be able to use that on your work, on your studies, in your family, relationships, uh, whatever it may be. So that's a really great technique, batching. And the second one uh, I really recommend, so it's like batching in focus mode. Um, the second one I often really recommend is a Pomodoro technique. So just setting a timer for 25 minutes and then five minutes afterwards. Um, I've often st stopped actually recommending the second one uh, just because that, um, just because I find that it's difficult to enter focus mode. So this is kind of this idea that either you, you work really hard for 30 plus 30 to 45 minutes and you enter focus mode and then you're able to double your productivity or you are really having a difficult time studying. And then I recommend a Pomodoro. 
I don't recommend doing both of them at the same time because you can't do the Pomodoro session and then enter focus mode because the Pomodoro session is only 25 minutes and then five minute break. And it's not long enough to be able for you to enter the focus mode to begin with. So I recommend Pomodoro, especially if you're procrastinating, um, instead of saying, you know, I'm gonna work for hours and hours on end, instead of saying like that, you could just say I'm gonna work for 25 minutes and then I'm gonna get a reward for five minute breaks. And then that kind of gets the ball, the, the ball rolling kind of thinking of it like a, a rock on a hill. You just need that extra push. That extra push is the Pomodoro session. And then right after the Pomodoro session, um, not using the Pomodoro session again, and instead going directly to longer sessions, 30 to 45, and then taking a 10 minute break instead. Uh, I think that really helps the, the best to be able to enter that uh, state of focus. Yeah, for sure. I'll have to admit, I do have things like Discord open when I'm studying. And sometimes, man, those notifications are distracting. But then I can totally like relate to that focus mode or that flow state where like you're reading something and you're in that world. But then when you zone out of it, you're like, whoa, where am I? It's like just waking up from like a nap or something. Yes, exactly. And I did like, I find I get into that flow state when I know what I'm doing, when I'm really like frustrated, maybe like I don't know a math problem. Like it's, it's, it's harder for me to do that flow state. So I think I think that Pomodoro technique, something that is 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 more uh, popular and and it's something that will help with motivation, especially when there's like a tough problems that you need to do. I think those batching uh, Pomodoro technique and the flow state are three really good ones uh, that can just apply to anything, whether you're a student or learning something on your own or even reading. But yeah, like on the topic of reading, you mentioned something about uh speed reading and there's like a lives formula so l-i-v-e-s um and i know that uh in a couple weeks i'll be reading more because i have a french course um and then in a couple months i'll be having an english course so i might not be having too much time to read the novels i'll probably only get like a week or so uh so what are your tips for speed reading and, and reading more quickly 100 so just uh just taking it back a little second here um, so I always recommend the three components uh, that really, what I call an accelerated learner. Um, and the first one, of course, I always recommend reading. I find that's the easiest one to get into. But I always recommend accelerating your reading, accelerating your productivity, and then accelerating your memory. So those are really the three components. Um, and then you really need all three. Like you cannot um, study, uh, you cannot read really quickly, but then you forget what you just read the next day, right? So you need all three of those components. And then that's kind of what I teach in my course. Uh, my academy, how to actually obtain those three components. But in terms of the life formula, which is the first component uh, for accelerated reading, um, the, the first step is lucid mentality. So that's the L, uh, that's the lucid mentality section. And that is simply uh, where you're actually reading, uh, but you're keeping in mind the idea that you need to be able to, to read before you even start reading. So let me kind of explain that for a second. So when you're actually priming your brain to read, that's when you're able to absorb the most information. Just kind of like how you do a warm up um, when you're working out before you actually work out, like you really get your main pump. That is the same idea between reading. The biggest mistake that I see is that people just open a book and they start reading. They don't have any idea, um, they're not in the zone. And by not getting in the zone early enough, they're not gonna be able to really maximize their reading sessions. So the first, um, the first step I always recommend is actually lucid mentality. So what I often do is I actually have a playlist that I listen to before I even start reading a book. So for example, I was reading Lord of the Rings um, another time, um, 
just last week and I actually kind of set like the Lord of the Rings like theme song um, in the background before I even started reading. And then when I was reading, I had that kind of same song. So you can imagine the setting that I was in, just listening to that song in the background and also reading. Um, so that really technique, really priming your brain before you even start reading is one of the biggest things that I find that people are messing up on. And really putting up like a strong emotion uh, behind the words. So instead of kind of feeling that descriptive words, like just a rush of wind, really feeling that rush of wind across your face um, as you're reading. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, I can like connect that to what a lot of theater actors do. So to get in the role, they, they even, even when they're not on set, they act like that person. So they really get primed. And so they're really in that mindset. I think when I was a very big fan of Harry Potter, I remember when I was reading like the fifth or sixth or seventh books, like the longer ones, I would put the Harry Potter theme as well and just read it with my friend and it'd be really more immersive. And I think it also applies to reading in that flow state. And I like how you also connected those three components because I never really thought of them about how they work together. Uh, so that's so that's a really cool thing to teach in in your accelerated learning course that you need to improve memory, improve reading, improve learning as well. So those are things that I need to still work on because I think lately I think I have less time to read. I've been super addicted to like things like TikTok and um, just instant gratification things, and then like my phone lights up for every notification. So it's just like. Everything is just so short and fast paced. And I think my brain is not used to reading as I once did as a kid. For me to like get back into reading, what are your tips on that? 100%. The first thing I recommend, Adriana, is actually schedule it out. Anything you do, any big activity, any project you're going to do, schedule it out. Often we say, I'm going to read tomorrow, or I'm going to work out tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes and nothing happens. So actually scheduling it out saying, okay, six to seven, I'm going to start reading. Um, and actually, you know, putting down your calendar, staying true to that. Uh, if it's on my calendar, I get it done, um, which is pretty funny in that way. Um, the other thing I often recommend, um, which has really helped me be able to read a book a day. Uh, that's really my goal for the last uh, month or so and really obtaining as much knowledge as possible is that uh, the other component of reading that people don't really uh, just necessarily appreciate but uh, recognize as much is the idea of actually listening. So what I often do, especially either when I'm washing the dishes or eating supper alone, in particular for certain days, um, either my family's out for some reason, and, or even just hanging out in my own room, um, just kind of thinking my own thoughts, I would actually have that audible version or audio version of the book and actually listen to it. So sometimes, you know, you're not in the mood to read, but it's so much easier to tell yourself you're actually going to listen to that book. So I often have an audio version and also a physical version of that book. Or I often just listen to a quick summary before I even start reading the book. That way, going back to the priming your brain, which is the first L in the lives formula. But those are really the two main things. Um, just actually scheduling it out and then priming your brain to be able to actually uh, learn that material to begin with. For sure, yeah. I will definitely, you know, start getting into books. Um, but I think I might get into audiobooks just because I've been a really big podcasting person lately. So I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts to try to improve my own. Um, so I think that kind of link will help me get into reading more. So I might get audible, not sponsored whatsoever, um, but maybe in the future, you never know. Or like whatever audiobook platform. I will 
you know, maybe start with one book and then uh, go to another one. So when you're like, have you ever uh, listened to an audiobook while multitasking or do you usually just get in a comfortable position or go to a park and listen to it? Yeah, that's actually a great idea. A great thing that you actually mentioned multitasking. So the thing of multitasking is that most people say, you know, it's, it's not a good idea and it definitely depends on the task. So what I often say is that if the task is obviously something that you need a lot of attention to, so I don't recommend, you know, doing homework and listening to an audiobook or even like a podcast. Uh, but if you're obviously washing the dishes, if it's a routine task, then that's actually when I recommend actually listening to audiobooks and listening to an audio format, because that is the time where your brain is already conditioned um, to be able to do that activity, that actually adding something to it isn't going to really decrease your productivity. However, if you're actually listening to an audiobook, audible, whatever it may be, uh, while you're doing homework, uh, you obviously need to be able to retain that information. And at that point, you're going to be able to multitask inefficiently. But if you can multitask efficiently, which is doing a multitasking in which a task is a routine, that's really where you're able to maximize your productivity and actually learn something while you're doing a routine task. Mm-hmm. I often find the best times to listen to podcasts or just like audio in general is like when you're in the car because you're, it's, it's very just routinely movements or you're just looking out the window and it's, and it's a really great time to reflect and think about the things that the people are saying. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, thank you for those tips. Um, and if you want to learn more, uh, listeners, you can go and check out his course, which I'll also have linked in the description as well. Um, so let's move on to the second formula called MIND. So M-I-N-D. And this is about learning languages. So I'm actually very passionate about learning languages as well. The only one I really solidified is French. Um, just because here in Canada, we do learn that um, in school. But I find that in school, I was not taught as well. Um, the only times I really learned the pronunciation and learned the culture was when I worked at a job and it was in French um, or when I, when I traveled somewhere. So like brain-wise, what, what is the best way to learn French? And I know you, you also learned French in a short time. For sure. Um, yeah, so what I actually did for that challenge, before I even started the challenge, I interviewed people who uh, know, crazy enough, 20 languages. I, I'm one of my great friends um, that I know from Italy. I was able to connect with her, and she knows six different languages. And so I kind of really interviewed them, got to figure out what the techniques was, I think that's what I'm doing for every challenge for like learning challenges that I'm doing is that are actually interviewing the best in the world in terms of these things and then extracting what they did in particular that most of the rest of the world doesn't know about. And what I soon uncovered is that the way, especially school teaches languages is completely reversed. It's not efficient. And often you have people like in French immersion that takes them four years to get a B1 certificate and it took me 30 days to get be able to get that same certificate. Um, so it's really flipped in this idea. And that's really when I developed the MIND formula. And I soon realized that the MIND formula and just kind of a sneak peek, it stands for motivation, input, narrow, and diverge. Uh, really that formula can be applied to any skill. Um, so the, obviously the first one is motivation. So most people, they start a project or they start language learning. They say, I'm going to start learning Chinese or I'm going to download the lingo. And the lingo often has this idea of, actually, first of all, I actually don't recommend the lingo just because the way it's structured. Um, I could get to that in a second with the I. 
but um, motivation is specifically, if you can have a stronger motivation or have multiple motivations to actually start a language that are powerful enough, not just, oh, I'm going to advance my career or I'm going to get a certificate to show that, you know, I learned the language, but actually learning the language because you have this deep desire and passion to be able to do so. So for example, I actually learned French because my friend is moving away and actually wanted to be able to speak to her in French and kind of express um, what I was feeling, her moving to Waterloo, which is congratulations for her. And I wanted to be able to show that, you know, I, I know enough French to be able to kind of show that to her that I'm working just as hard and we can still stay connected as friends. So that was kind of my mini mission. And now since then, um, this formula for learning languages has been used around the world. Um, it's actually being used in a couple other schools and like smaller schools in uh, Italy uh, because it's been adopted there. A couple other people there actually watch my videos and actually recommend it for the teacher to actually use the formula, which okay. is really exciting. Um, and going to the I and the mind uh, formula, that's input. And that's the most important thing in learning a language that mostly in French um, or even sorry, mostly in schools, we're taught like conjugations and we're taught all these complicated things. But at the end of the day, Yes, they're super important, but it really starts with the input. So what I did and what really helped is that I converted anything that I listened to into French, everything I listened to, especially the movies that I watched. So I actually watched like, especially because it was during summertime, I actually watched like Lion King, like all these Disney movies that I'm so familiar with in English, I actually converted them to French. And I mean completely in French. Um, the second you have like English subtitles and you're listening to a French audio, you're going to read the English subtitles just subconsciously. So I had French subtitles and I had French audio and I had a French movie that I had, I understood well enough the plot in English. So what ended up happening is that I was able to recognize the way the sounded words out based on the text. And it's so much more powerful if you have the text and the audio, because that way you're able to connect, okay, the little accent on the E, that's what they're saying. Um, you know, this different saying, that's how they say it, the U, the E, you know, so just the way they're able to pronounce things and actually have that dual combo is super, super powerful. And that is the way to actually correctly gain the input that as babies, we gain, gain that input through constant, constantly, constantly hearing our native and target language. But in school, we're often kind of pushed away from that and kind of focusing on, okay, we already assume you know enough. So we're going to start doing the conjugations, which really comes second. Because most people, and even as a baby, you didn't think, okay, I'm going to conjugate there to there. Like you didn't think that in your head. You just kind of said it, right? So that's really the first step in language learning, not necessarily focusing on the conjugations, although sometimes for some people, they can be very exciting, but instead taking a step back and actually gaining the proper input and gaining enough input that you can actually decipher what is going on in the language. For sure. And that's a major fault of the school's I've been learning the same conjugation for 12 years um, and like I know those conjugations but I want to learn how to communicate if someone were to come up to me and ask me something would I know how to respond um, and I and I find the people that take things like Duolingo and don't don't know how to communicate as well because they're focusing on yeah the vocabulary words like you have to have a minimum amount of vocab to communicate with someone. But I don't think, um, as you said, a lot of the conjugation or the more complicated vocabulary words are necessary for that day-to-day -day conversation, which happens 90% of the time, right? And so what you said about having the subtitles in the language and also having the movies or TV shows in that language is a really good idea. Um, what 
I've been doing to learn French was I'm really passionate about cooking shows in French because in France they're they're like super passionate about that about their pâtisserie and like their their cuisine and, and it's just they're super extravagant and they and they used a lot of cool vocabulary words which really accelerated my French knowledge from being kind of in the novice stage to like an intermediate stage learning that and like seeing that completely in French and kind of making connections between different things um, I was able to connect it yeah if y'all are trying to learn a language I would really recommend using that mind formula and focusing on the input which Matthew stated um, focusing on you know can I communicate effectively with someone if if ever they were to ask me a question or just small talk I think small talk is the most useful thing you can do in any language um, but at school don't get discouraged if you're like, oh, I don't like French because there's 10 different uh, grammar rules and then there's like 20 exceptions. But like in real life, you're not going to think about that. You're, you're going to think about how can I um, communicate well in that language? And something that's really cool is that like I communicate differently in French just because it has different enunciations. It has different peaks and lows that help me communicate in a way that I wouldn't be able to in English. So these challenges for your brain, such as learning languages or uh, reading books or studying in a faster manner are all really great ways to maximize your brain's potential, which is what Matthew uh, stated. So is there, is there anything else that you, you might have learned recently that would also be really useful to um, high school or college students listening here? 100%. Um, I think really focusing on those three main areas, like reading faster, um, being more productive, and actually maximizing your memory. Um, I think specifically finding the intervals in which um, they actually all connect. So I wasn't able to go through the entire formulas, but uh, the S in the lives formula is actually saving your memory. So actually asking yourself after every single chapter, um, three simple questions. The SAT, which is what can I share that I just learned? What is an actionable technique? The A, what is an actionable technique? And finally, T, uh, what is worth actually saving the actionable technique and actually putting time behind it? Instead of just saying, okay, I learned there's a correlation between working out and having a healthier lifestyle, that's the action. But the timing is actually setting it and putting it in your calendar and actually using that action um, to be able to, to do that. And actually finding the techniques and finding the methods to be able to connect all three of those areas, I think is super, super powerful. And I think knowing that, um, you know, I was, I was someone who didn't think that they were able to learn things and learn things quickly. I was often thought that I was often limited. Even though my marks are really high, I always had a difficulty learning. I found that, you know, if I'm going to study eight extra hours, that that's what it takes to be able to get this, this mark, this average. And I soon realized that the amount of work you put in isn't necessarily the output that's going to get out. Um, and I realized that there's really a correlation and a strong correlation between effective input giving you effective output. And that work doesn't necessarily mean effective output. And once you realize how to actually be more productive with your time, that's actually going to be saving so much time. If you learn how to be more, you know, maximize your memory, you don't have to read material over again. And if you're able to read faster, then you're going to be able to consume information, actually learn these techniques like language learning a lot quicker. That is the key takeaway. Make sure to check out his YouTube channel. Make sure to check out the um, IGTVs on his Instagram. 
I think I definitely got so much from this uh, talk today. I will definitely use these techniques and uh, even start getting uh, into reading and scheduling that in my in my time because uh, that will give me that incentive, as Matthew said. Uh, so I thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything else to add before I end this episode? Uh, no, just thanks so much for the opportunity, Adrian. I hope uh, the audience was able to get some value um, out of that. If you have any questions about the Accelerated Learning Academy, they can find all the information on the Instagram page. For sure. I'm super glad I made this connection because here we're trying to maximize our brain's potential and be the best we can be. And I'm really happy that we learned that today. So thank you so much, Matthew. I'll have all his socials linked down below. Uh, you can check out his LinkedIn, his Brain Companions website, uh, the Brain Companion Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So there's a bunch of ways you can contact him or Brain Companion. And with that, I think, I think that concludes our episode. So remember to always ask questions, uh, be productive, and maximize your brain potential and stay curious.